Hello and welcome to Stuff You Should Know About Oil and Gas Production. This podcast is brought to you by Kimray. You can visit us at kimray.com to see our full slate of training materials, videos, and other resources. I am your host, Curtis Winkle, and I'm here today again with Kyle Andrews. How are you, Kyle? Hello, hello, Curtis. Good to see you, man. Um, hey, I want to talk today. I want to ask you, I know you, you, you said you're not a movie buff, but you enjoy a movie, you and your wife. So what is maybe an underrated movie that, that people should watch or go back to if they've seen it? It's been a while. Yeah. Um, so one for me is um, John Carter. It's oh, a okay. Disney movie. Okay. Um, I saw that. Maybe it was just the experience I had when I first saw it, but I saw it in IMAX. Haven't seen it. Uh, and it was it was really good. Everybody I talked to is like either hasn't seen it or saw it and thought it was a flop. Uh, but I really enjoyed it. Okay. Uh, even still going back and watching parts of it, I, I still think it's a, a good movie. Brief summary. Isn't there, is there a dog involved? Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay, no, it's uh, it's about a, a man who gets transported to Mars, and there's actually uh, people living on Mars, and he has uh, adventures on Mars, and kind of okay. goes back and forth to Earth. But it's and Mars. Uh, real action, live action. Uh, there's a lot of CGI. Oh, okay, uh, okay, but, but yeah, not animated. Not animated. Okay, all right, cool. So, Curtis, what's your underrated movie? So I've got boys playing baseball right now, so I'll throw one out that we go back to pretty regularly uh, this time of year, which is The Sandlot. Uh, I don't know it's necessarily an underrated movie. A lot of people have heard of it, but if you haven't, uh, man, so many great one-liners and and, uh, rewards repeat watching and Mm -hmm. and just kind of reliving childhood and and, uh, fun, fun baseball movie. It's up there in top baseball movies. Uh, Another one, a bonus one I'll throw in there we watched over the weekend is uh, Where the Wild Things Are. Um, based on the Sendak book, uh, okay. child's book. My kids didn't enjoy it as much as I did, actually. But uh, Was that a book that you read when you were younger? Uh, yeah, I, I, I think I had it read to me when I was younger, and I read it to them uh, some years ago. But, uh, but anyway, just kind of exploring anger and some emotional uh, issues that kind of come Definitely along need with, that with, uh, with boys, with right? With childhood, yeah, <laughs> trying, to, trying to figure those out. So it, it was pretty fun. Uh, Kind of a melancholy movie, but well done. Um, all right, so our, our topic today is seven tips for control valve installation. So um, these are products that you know go on oil and gas equipment, and there's a lot of things that need to happen between receiving your shipment and getting it actually online, and so uh, that can can be confusing and can uh, trip up operation of it. So we want to make sure that uh, users know how to handle them correctly. So we'll just, we'll walk through these. We've got a a blog associated with this topic as well. So we'll walk through these and and Kyle, you'll just kind of elaborate on on them. So seven tips for control valve installation. So first of all, before we get started, we offer several different types of valves. What specifically are we talking about here? So we're talking about high pressure control valves. All right. Uh, so all, all of these seven tips uh, can be applied directly to those. Some of these are kind of universal yeah. uh, for installation of, of any valve, uh, but we're specifically talking about high-pressure control valves today. Right. Great. Okay, so number one, don't hold the valve by the tubing. Yep. Why, is that, why is that a problem? Is that common? Uh, yeah, so when people are installing these specifically uh, high-pressure control valve packages, so there's different components that are, are built around the control valve, and they'll have three-eighths uh, tubing that runs from certain components to others. Uh, it has to 
uh, has to do that to function uh, as a regulator. And so uh, the tubing is easy to grab onto. It's kind of on the outside of the valve. If you're lifting the valve into position, it's just something that's really easy to grab onto. But what can happen is if you uh, lift that valve by the tubing, uh, you can bend the tubing um, so that you can, you can bend the connection uh, that goes from the tubing into the connector, uh, which causes leaks. You want to be careful when you're installing these to only lift it by either the lifting rings that are on the valve actuator or lifting it by the, by the valve body to make sure that you don't damage that, that tubing that's on the, on the package. Yeah, very tempting to see that tubing right there and just like, oh, that my hand will fit right around that. Exactly, yeah, super that. easy to grab onto. And, and those valves can be really heavy too. Yeah. And so even if you're not jerking it around, uh, or, or you know, lifting it aggressively, it can it can still easily bend that tubing. Yeah. So be careful. Be careful with the tubing, even when you're setting it down. All right. Number two, uh, install isolation ball valves when you're installing a valve. Uh, what does that mean? What, why is that important? Yeah. So if you ever have to perform maintenance on the valve, uh, you know, changing uh, uh, the trim or putting a repair kit in the valve, uh, you want a way to isolate that that control valve. Uh, you want a, a way to depressurize it and not let any pressure back into it while you have it open. Installing an isolation valve both upstream and downstream of it uh, prevents any pressure uh, from getting to it while you have it open. And, and while you're on that, why don't you talk about, uh, we've got a, a piece on double block and bleed, this practice mm -hmm. that we recommend when you're depressurizing a valve. Can you explain what that is? Yeah, so double block just means you're, you're blocking upstream pressure and downstream pressure. Um, and then bleed means you're, you're bleeding the pressure uh, in between those two. And so that could be, you, I mean, you can apply that to a piece of equipment, to control valves, um, really anything that you have to depressurize and make sure that no pressure gets into that. And so with specifically control valves, usually producers will install ball valves just upstream and downstream uh, within a couple of feet of, of the control valve. Um, usually there's uh, hammer unions that go in between the, the ball valve and the control valve, just in case you have to remove it um, from service completely. Um, and that just ensures that you don't have to unthread uh, the ball valves or unthread the valve itself. You can just break the hammer unions and, and take it uh, okay. out of service. Okay. So, and, and when you do that, when you uh, isolate it, you mm -hmm. still need to slowly, that's why we talk about in our repair videos, slowly uh, unthread the valve because there can be pressure still trapped yeah yeah if you're not certain that they're uh the, it's completely depressurized um either taking the valve completely out of service or uh, even if you're just replacing the trim yeah. and you're backing out the stuffing box there's actually a, a feature built into our valves uh there's a weep hole that's drilled and as you're backing out the stuffing box if there is trapped pressure uh, it'll actually start to vent out of that weep hole before you completely unthread the stuffing box. And that just prevents, prevents that pressure from uh, blowing out of there when you completely unthread the stuffing box. So it just helps slowly release that pressure. Uh, that way it prevents injury. Yeah, yeah. All right, great. Number three, we say to mount the valve vertically. Why is yes. that? I've had people ask me, hey, can I, can I mount this horizontally? So meaning that the inlet and outlet are, are horizontal. Um, or I'm sorry, the inlet and outlet are vertical. Right. The actuator to valve body uh, would be horizontal. 
you can do that, but what it does is it prevents the lubricating oil and the actuator from lubricating the stem. So you're gonna get premature wear uh, on the stem, on the upper stem, uh, and uneven wear on that O-ring. And so that's going to create uh, leaks faster with our larger valves, like the uh, cage-guided valves. Uh, that also puts uneven weight on valve packing. And so you're gonna get uneven wear, premature wear on that. That's gonna fail faster. And it can, it can cause damage internally to the valve. So, so if they ask you for that, you say it's worth it to take the time to get your piping horizontal. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, some customers, you know, run into situations where they just don't have room at all. Yeah. Uh, and they, they just have to do that. But, you know, it's just, it's not recommended. Uh, your valve is just, uh, it's going to wear faster and, you know, you're going to have to replace parts uh, sooner than you would. Yeah. All right. Mount it vertically. Okay. Number four, check the fail position before you mount it, I'm assuming, before yes. you install so it. Yes, so this, I mean, this can come into play in a lot of different scenarios, but if you're, even if you're repurposing a valve and you haven't ordered it in a specific fail position for the application you're installing it in, so if you're taking a valve from another location or one you have lying around, you wanna make sure that the, the fail position is what you want it to be before you install it, before you, you know, add a pilot, a drip pot, all that tubing, right? Um, because if, if you build the package uh, and install it and the fail position is wrong, you're gonna have to take everything back off and, you know, and, and redo it. And so uh, just checking the fail position and fail position is really easy to, to find out what it is because if the valve is not hooked up to anything, the position that it's sitting in is gonna be its fail position. So if it's closed before it's hooked up to anything, you know it's fail closed and vice versa. Yeah, yeah. And generally speaking, fail closed in a back pressure situation, right? Uh, so fail open, fail open back in back pressure and, and pressure reducing applications is usually fail closed yeah. because you're, you're monitoring. You want to protect whatever your side of the valve you're monitoring. So with back pressure, you're monitoring upstream pressure. So you want it to fail open to relieve pressure or with a PR or pressure reducing application you want that valve to fail closed because you're monitoring uh, the downstream. Right, okay, good, 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 good. Okay, number five, make sure you have clean and dry supply gas. This is a pretty common issue you run into, right? Um, yep. Why is it so important to have clean, dry gas? Um, so any, any item of ours that uses the pilot plug, so all of our pilots, you know, our regulators, any level control that uses it, clean supply gas is going to keep it operating correctly. Um, if the pilot plug becomes, uh, you know, saturated with uh, water or any kind of debris, uh, it can keep it from functioning correctly. And so just getting clean supply gas is really important just to the basic function of the valve. I mean, that could be compressed air. Um, it could be just trying to scrub or clean the gas, the natural gas that you have on location, whether that's going through a drip pot. So on our, you know, regulating packages, a, there's always going to be a drip pot. So that that helps to get some of that liquid out. Um, if that's not enough, you can always change the location from where you're getting the supply gas. So on a package, it's pulling it directly from the valve body, uh, which isn't always the cleanest gas. So just moving the location from where you're getting your supply gas um, or using a, a bigger, larger scrubber 
uh, for that supply gas uh, can always be done as well. So that can scrub out any liquids or debris before it enters the valve actuator. Correct. Yeah. yeah. And before it goes through that pilot, through the pilot. And, and, and gums it up or, or uh, you know, causes it to vent. Yeah. Yeah. We talk about it all the time, but that pilot can, that pilot plug can be a really, depending on the size of the valve, pretty small part. And so yeah. easy for stuff to get gummed up in there. Yep. Yeah. All right, so make sure you have clean, dry supply gas. Number six is tighten flange connections in a star pattern. Mm -hmm. All right, so this is a good practice regardless of what you're working on to tighten things down in a star pattern. But yep. why is that? Yeah, so it just it makes sure that there's even pressure um, on, the, on the flange uh, and on the flange gasket. So if you tighten down one side of the flange completely, um, before you tighten down the other one, there'll be uneven pressure on that gasket and it could cause leaks. Um, so you want to make sure that you're, you're tightening in that star pattern, um, you know, like you would do a, a tire, a tire. Yeah. or really any of our other, uh, our, any of our other valves, you know, the actuator, the top bonnet, you still want to do in a star pattern. Uh, anytime you're putting together, uh, two mating faces, you want to make sure that you're tightening it down evenly to prevent leaks yep yep i always think about putting on spare tires and having to tighten one side all the way down to where you can't get the, <laughs> the nut <laughs> right on, yeah uh, there's not enough threads exposed yes. to tighten it down all right number seven uses sealant for npt or th threaded valves yep. so why is that important uh again kind of you know going back to the star pattern you know tightening down flanges is to prevent leaks um, so that sealant is going to help create uh, a good connection uh, that seals uh, and so an NPT thread is a tapered thread. Uh, and so as you're, as you're tightening that down, the, the threads are getting tighter and tighter, um, but you still need some kind of sealant. The sealant also helps, well, the sealant and, you know, Teflon tape also helps break connections, you know, especially if you're using stainless steel, stainless steel on stainless steel, uh, tends to gall up, uh, cause it's, you know, very soft metal. So as you're tightening those connections down, uh, they almost want to fuse together. Yeah. So using Teflon tape or a thread sealant will create a good connection that won't leak, but it can also help you break that connection when necessary. Yeah, very good. All right, anything else on this subject, Kyle? I don't think I'm good. Okay, so just to recap those seven tips for you one more time. Seven tips for control valve installation. Number one, don't hold the valve by the tubing. Number two, install isolation ball valves around the valve. Number three, mount your valve vertically. So if you have horizontal piping, the valve should be uh, mounted vertically. Number four, check the fail position. Number five, make sure you have clean and dry supply gas. Number six, tighten flange connections in a star pattern. And number seven, use sealant or tape thread for your NPT threaded valves. All right, well, you will find links to the products and resources we mentioned in this episode in the show notes, and we will catch you next time on Stuff You Should Know About Oil and Gas Production.